1: Here's what's cooking on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We start things off with ranking the catchers, talking rule changes, and all that went on in the MLB offseason. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball! Welcome in to the first edition of the Sports though Fantasy Baseball Show of the Season. I'm your host, Ben Stover, and I am joined by senior fantasy baseball analyst from BellyUpFantasySports.com, Kevin Wilson. Kev, it seems like it's been forever since we've been on the show. It, it has doing, been forever
2: since, like, what was it, like the first week of September, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We've messaged, we are, so.
1: through, we've messaged throughout the offseason, but we, we haven't been on air together. So, no, uh, that's,
2: uh, that's way too long of a, a, a depression, you know, thing. <laughs> How the economy goes into a depression. Yes. That's what it was like, you know, not being able to be on a show with you. So. They say
1: absence makes the heart grow fonder, and me that's and Kev that's are that's fond. Exactly right.
2: That's
1: right. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome into the, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We're presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com and Righteous Felon Jerky. And uh, each week, myself and Kevin will join you uh, and and just break down everything fantasy fantasy baseball. So before the season starts, we'll do player rankings and uh, different fantasy topics. We'll have a guest on each week to talk Major League Baseball news. And uh, then as the season gets into it, we'll give you all, all the advice you need to succeed That's in right. You need to baseball. go
2: nowhere else right here. That's right. Here's that.
1: It's all right here. There's no it's reason right to here. go anywhere right. else.
2: Nowhere we right do nowhere. want to welcome
1: in our live viewers on the Sports Stove YouTube page <laughs> and the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. And all of our listeners later via podcast were found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we got you covered there as well. And so excited for what is ahead. We're going to get started with our very first segment of the show. We're going to call it each week our Fantasy Burner, where we talk about one major fantasy topic so, Kev, let's get into the fantasy burner. Let's get it. All right, Kev, today what we're doing in the fantasy burner is we're talking about a rule change and how it's going to affect fantasy baseball this year. We've decided to talk about the shift on the band. or not the band, the band on the shift. There we go. We'll get it right one of these days. Uh, how the infielders, <laughs> the band on the band. That's right. The infielders are no longer allowed to. Uh, shift like they have been doing the last several years. We'll talk about this more in a moment with our guests. But, Kevin, I wanted to bring up the fantasy aspect of this and uh, let you talk about how it's going to impact batters positively or negatively this year.
2: Well, I can't see how it could possibly affect batters negatively. (laughs) Because, first of all, uh, left-handed hitters specifically, right-handed hitters, they didn't really shift on because apparently right-hand hitters know how to go the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we talked about this all last year. Left-hand hitters, we've given up any pretense of them even trying to go the other way now. And so from the time they pick up a wiffle ball and tee ball all the way up to the majors, they don't have to worry about that anymore. And so left-hand hitters, there should be a ton, just about every left-hand hitter, that will benefit – from this shift ban and uh because not only do you have the shift ban you have it so that the out infielders cannot be on the outfield grass mm-hmm. and so what we've seen is you might have the, the third baseman clear in the right field right or sometimes the shortstop's over there in right field and the third baseman is on the uh Uh, infield next to the second baseman that will no longer be the case and so when you look at some of these hitters like um, here in Texas uh, Corey Mm Seager specifically I was doing some research and come to find out that of all the major league hitters he had the most hits taken away by the shift in the last two years and uh, I was kind of surprised when I found that out because you know I'm a Dodger guy And I thought that he could hit the ball the other way better than he apparently can. So guys like him, massive upside for him. And uh, there was a story in the Dallas morning news this morning about him and how he came over to Texas last year and he struggled to begin the season. And, uh, and he, and he, in the second half, he was better. But I expect him to come out this year, guns blazing right out of the gate. He's been on the team, you know. He's he's been around the 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 guys now, and uh, him and Bruce Bochy have had some pow pow's here. And so I expect Corey Seager to be a very significant impact player coming up in fantasy baseball this year. And essentially, anyone that hits from the left side is going to benefit from this. And I saw some people saying, well, it'll be a neg, whatever that word, negligible, okay, impact. I don't believe that for a second. This is going to have a major impact on left-hand hitters throughout baseball. And so, like I said, there's be no pretense of them hitting the ball the other way. And I'm sure that uh, there'll be, like, the shortstop will probably be like a foot away from the, from the second base bag. And I'm sure the third baseman will probably be where the shortstop was. So you've got still the whole entire, you know, third baseline and they could take a shot at, but they're not going to do that sure. for the most part. And so I think that there's going to be a major impact. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've done some fantasy baseball mock drafts and mm-hmm. I, don't see a big impact on their stats. Hmm. So I'm 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 whatever they say about left hand hitters, I'm taking that in a grain of salt because I think they're all gonna do better. It doesn't matter if you hit 190 or you hit, you know, like Luis Arias and you hit three eighteen to lead the American League in batting. Every single left hand hitter will have a better season next year simply because of this shift man.
1: Yeah, I think you know I'm, I was a Brewers fan. I'm excited about what's ahead for Rowdy Teles. I mean, he already Roddy had a good Tellez year last another year.
2: Another guy that we could certainly talk about him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had his best, best strong year. guy,
2: and 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 the other thing I was reading it, it says that it won't have a whole lot of impact on home runs. I don't see how, or you know, one way or the other. But if you're not worried about anything other than hitting the ball, I think the home runs will still be there. And Rowdy Telez, as you mentioned, is a guy that we all know he can hit it to the upper deck. Yeah. And so uh, he's a guy that is a Brewers guy. You got to be pretty jazzed up about him.
1: Right. Yeah. Now, I wrote an article this week on bellyupfantasysports.com on the effect it's going to have on pitchers. And kind of the same way that you're talking is with uh, it's going to affect right-handed pitchers more than left-handed pitchers because a left-handed pitcher is going to be facing predominantly right-handed batters the right-handed pitchers are going to face a lot more left-handed batters. And so it could affect some of their stats and really those ground ball pitchers, right? Sandy Alcantara, Logan Webb, Kyle Wright are the three guys. I Yeah.
2: yeah, Talk about him because he's a guy that interests me coming into this year. Yeah. And
1: I I don't think this year we're going to see a huge impact, meaning where we got to drop those guys way down in our rankings or anything like that. I, I've kind of dropping them all about one to three spots down in the rankings, just because there's gonna, they're going to let up some hits. But I still think it's going to take a couple years for the batters to get back on track because they're so used to trying to get the ball in the air, they've kind of avoided those ground ball situations if they could. And it's going to take some time to break that habit, I think. And so I think this year we'll see some impact. Next year we'll see more impact and so on and so forth from there. But those guys are interesting to watch because if you're a ground ball pitcher, the shift has been great for you especially right-handed pitchers. Yeah. And now
2: <laughs> guys that are hitting two eleven and stuff like right. that. And right. You know, and so they hit the ball, the short, right field. And there's, like I said, the shortstop making the play.
1: Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to watch all season and see how it impacts pitchers and, and hitters. Um, I'm, I'm already kind of stacking my deck when it comes to drafting on left-handed guys. I think it's going to have a, a better positive impact on those guys. Like you mentioned, And so as I'm drafting, if it's a choice between player A and player B and one's right hand and one's left hand, I'm probably going with the left handed guy uh, just just to see what happens this year. Right. That's that's where I'm going to take my chances at in my drafts is uh, I'll be I'll be a heavy left handed guy if if that's where the decision, if that's the only decision I'm trying to make between player A and player B that is relatively equal. Um, well, I'll go with the left handed guy and, and see if that strategy pays off for me. Because, Kevin, I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but last year I defeated you in our playoffs in fantasy oh, baseball. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I don't I know want you I'm forget to
2: remember that. that, Vince. Yeah.
1: Yes. But then I lost to Dan uh, D'Amico. Right. We'll have Dan on in a couple of weeks, uh, our champion from our fantasy baseball league and uh and we'll we'll let him gloat a little bit about that as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't so,
2: think he's been able to gloat even a little bit. So no. yeah, well we we yeah.
1: we have to let him do that So We'll give him we'll give him his time. <laughs> all right, that's our fantasy burner today presented by bellyupfantasy.com. Excuse me, bellyupfantasy com. and uh, excited to be partnering with Belly Up Fantasy sports and appreciate right. all their support. And uh you can always yep. find Kevin's articles there both football and baseball and sometimes basketball. On there as well, and uh, and then I'll be dropping weekly fantasy baseball articles as yeah,
2: well. Get over there to that Belly Up Fantasy uh, website because we've got baseball stories coming up through the wazoo. As you mentioned, you and I, and there's some other guys that uh, are brand new That's to right, the Belly Up family. Yeah. And uh, so they're there are, there are going to be stories, so you're definitely going to want to check that out multiple
1: times per week coming up. That's right multiple times per week all right uh second segment of the show each week we're gonna bring in a guest and we call this segment our call to the (laughs) pin our call to the (laughs) pin is presented (laughs) by right righteous felon jerky uh righteous felon if you want the purest jerky in the game you got to go straight to the source Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up, supply, and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest jerky on the market. Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders for $50 or more. Visit RighteousJerky.com, use the promo code BELLYUP, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase. And today, joining us in our call to the bin is a host of the Baseball and Whatever podcast, Justin Mickleway. How you doing, Justin?
0: I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I hey. appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, I try not to have uh chicago fans on two you know, often to
2: avoid doing that at all
0: um. we we are we are you know rubble rousers uh <laughs> if it makes you feel any better i m- all my family left they are all wisconsinites now i'm like the only Uh-oh. one down here in illinois still so Uh-oh. uh and as soon as they as soon as they crossed the border they immediately jump ship in terms of the bears packers they became packers fans and no kidding yeah yeah they're still holding out the cubs uh they haven't okay. made the jump to brewers yet but yeah they, yeah I, you know what? I know this isn't football, so we don't need to get into it. But, yeah, the Bears are – oh, boy. Anyway. Nothing, bears
1: are not, easier to jump ship on. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I've, so, even con- yeah, so, I've yeah, contemplated myself. My brother myself. would
2: appreciate it if we didn't talk about the Bears. At all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's for my Wednesday episode so, with my dad. We like to trash the Bears <laughs> on that episode. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. So,
0: Justin, are you a right-hander or are you a left-hander? I am a right-hander. Right-hander.
1: The so, right-hander. Okay, itself. so when we
0: want the right-hander, we signal that way.
2: Okay, I got gotcha.
1: you. Gotcha. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about some different things that went on this offseason. We'll get to your cubbies in just a, a few minutes. But I want to start with some rule changes and the things that, that they've decided to make the adjustments on this year. The one I want to start with is the larger bases. Uh, me and Kevin talked about this last year when they were talking about doing this. Neither one of us really care. <laughs> so so that's why we're going to start with it, get it out of the way. Larger <laughs> bases. What impact does that have on the game, Justin?
0: I you know that's a great question. I honestly, I think I have to fall into camp with you guys. I I heard this rule change. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I think it's one of those things when you're on t- watching it on TV. I don't even think you're going to notice. Uh, you know, if I'm sitting in the bleachers at Wrigley, or if I go up to which I have done that
2: by the way, Justin. I've been in 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 Wrigley Field.
0: It's not too bad. I'm getting I'm, experience. I'm getting, a great
2: experience. You I'm getting get... up
0: there in age, though, because now my back hurts when I sit there. But uh or, oh, okay. or, if, or if I'm sitting okay. at, um, I'm with, you. I'm with I know, you. I know it's not Miller Park anymore, but if I'm sitting up there because I do frequent games up there, visiting family. But I mean, I guess maybe you'll notice it a little bit, but I it doesn't bother me one bit. You know, I've seen on Twitter that there's some diehards that are really, really putting up a fight about this one. But I just I don't have the energy. I feel like there's. Yeah. There, there's other places you can direct that um, that energy towards with things that might be wrong with the game of baseball. Bases aren't one of them. Um, you know, heck, throw out the orange base at first if you want to reduce injuries running. You I go. don't care. Um, but yeah, it's I don't think it'll be that big of a deal for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just
2: think it's mostly so the first baseman doesn't get spiked.
0: Exactly. And
2: exactly. it might add a steal or two to some guys' total. But other than that, it's, it's no impact to fantasy or real baseball for that man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good point,
1: Kev. Honestly, you know, I just keep thinking over the it-just-really-doesn't-matter aspect of this, but you're right, stolen bases could be impacted by that. Right, not you know, all
2: it could take is just this little bitty so you're safe or you're out. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we're, this is not the area of stolen bases in the first mm-hmm. place, and I do suspect, especially if the role we're going to talk about later, I'm sure, is going to kick stolen bases up throughout baseball this year, but not, we're not going to see 70, 80, 90 yeah. you know Ricky Henderson type stuff we're never going to see that again
0: no and yeah. it is, is somebody who I literally I'm about one chapter left in the new Ricky uh, Henderson book that came out I want to say it was last year reading all about stolen bases again it kind of me it kind of made me a little nostalgic for like that you yeah. know, late 80s mid 90s yeah. like especially yeah. the 90s yeah. when I grew up watching baseball. and guys like that yeah, who, yeah. they so would
2: if, routinely steal 70 80 bases
0: so if that comes back as a result of this I'm all for that as well for sure.
2: So, but it's not because of the larger bases that stolen bases are going to come up. There's yeah, another right. rule that will affect that more.
1: <laughs> let's let's get into the shift. All right, cuz this is going to be the biggest I think we'll get to the pitcher clock in a minute, but I think the shift is the biggest thing this year. So, with the rules, it's four infielders must be within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher's on the rubber uh infielders may not switch sides in other words this is according to mlb.com in other words a team cannot reposition its best defender on the side of the infield the batter is more likely to hit the ball which isn't technically true they can move their best defender over there they just got to shift the other guy over to mm-hmm. anyways if the infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch the offense can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play and this rule does not preclude a team from positioning an outfielder in the infield or in shallow outfield grass in certain situations. But it does prohibit four outfielder alignments, which is something that Kevin talked about just a minute ago as well. So, Justin, let, me and Kevin have talked about the shift now for, I think, two years.
2: Um, it's, it's a two-year conversation, so yeah. maybe we get yeah. some fresh perspective in sure. on this.
1: Yeah, so, Justin, start with, were you against the shift? And then what do you think about the impact of the new rules?
0: So I feel like I have a really weird take on this for the longest time since, you know, the shift really. I mean, I guess the shift's been around forever. But when Joe Madden started really using it with Tampa, I feel like that's when I really paid attention. And for the first like decade, decade and a half, it was always, well, you know, these guys just need to learn to hit the opposite field. That's it. Just learn, learn, learn to hit the opposite field. You can get past that. And then you you look back 10, 15 years. Well, those guys either never learned to hit opposite field or they couldn't hit opposite field or they just didn't care enough to learn. And so finally, I'm at the point where it's like, all right, great. You know what? Let's bring back where there's no more shifting. We'll see some more offense. Now, I would also argue that goes against Rob Manfred and pace of play because that's going to make games longer, which you know, I don't know where you want to go with that, but I finally this last year I kind of made the jump where I'm like, All right, bring it back. Let's let's just go back to how things used to be where it wasn't so predominant. Um, I do think being able to keep the infielders on the baseball diamond itself, not being able to go out in the outfield, I think is an interesting touch. I, I it's weird for me to say that I'm glad that they made this rule because ten years ago I would have said, No, that's stupid. Why would you Why would you even give them that opportunity? They need to learn how to hit, and clearly they never did. So bring it back. So, yeah, Yeah. there are are
2: no more Tony Gwynn's left in Major League Baseball because he hit 800 Mm -hmm. against the shift. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like you said, it's similar to bringing up Tony Gwynn. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, You know, I'm kind of excited to see a little bit of an emphasis on line drives and ground balls again, maybe. Um, I... I get launch angle. I understand it, but I'm so yeah. Over I'm that. so sick
2: of hearing launch angle. I can't begin to. Tell I just
0: I don't know. And and again, this is me. You know, growing up playing in little league in high school, and it was just like you know what, F- put the good part of the bat on the ball, and uh, good things will happen. You know, I never cared about launch angle, but I get why these guys do. But no, I'm I'm all in favor of it, which is again really weird to say, but I think it'll it'll make for some fun offensive games, which. uh, having more active moments in the baseball game in between or during the innings, I think it's going to be very helpful for the fan bases as well. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. And we'll see an uptick in singles this year. Mm. We're not probably not going to see a great uptick in doubles and Mm. triples and things like that necessarily. I wonder how often we're going to see the outfield shift though, with the outfield still being able to move around, you can still shift an outfielder, you know, to play that short right field, area and shift the other one over behind them and those kinds of things and shift the left field all the way over to center field if you want to, which would still kind of do the same thing the infield shift was doing, Mm -hmm. uh, but it'll leave a massive gap in the outfield. And so, you know, All
2: you have to do is hit a line drive the other way and you're automatically standing on second base. Second base, yeah. yeah. And I'm
1: interested to see if we, if the managers kind of try to play around with that a little bit, how quickly we see it, how long it lasts, those kinds of things as well. Because I hate, again, being a Brewers fan. I'll sit there and watch a game, and you see this hard hit shot that gets through the gap on the infield, and you're like, "Yes!" And then all of a sudden, there's a guy standing there thirty yeah. feet back. And you're like, "Oh!"
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, so, I, you know, it's it's uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'll be curious to see how much of a of a change it, it affects just in terms of offense. And I I said, "What the heck? Let's let's do it," because. Yeah, baseball can be boring at times, unfortunately. And that's that's some even as somebody who loves baseball, it's like, all right, Right. let's let's get some more offense in there. So I say, I I welcome it at this point. Sure.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see too because managers have done a good job with getting creative. We've seen it in the bullpen, uh, we've seen it in the lineups, we've seen it in in the shifts and all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious to see what. At some point early in the season, a manager is going to do something with an outfield that we're going to go, oh, my goodness. Well, that didn't really change anything when it comes to the banning the shift. Well, they're doing this now, so it's the same thing. I'm um, interested to see how that how that shakes out. Uh, you talk about pace of play. They're, they're putting the pitch timer in. They've been doing this in minor league baseball. All these rules have been in minor league baseball at some point. Um, the pitch, this is an interesting one, though, I think. we look at the pitch count. So the pitcher must begin his motions uh, to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the timer, which is thirty seconds between batters, fifteen seconds with excuse me, fifteen seconds with bases empty, and twenty seconds with a runner on base. If the pitcher violates the timer, it's an automatic ball. If the batter violates the timer, it's an automatic strike, which is interesting. Uh, batters have to be in the box uh, and alert to the pitcher by eight seconds, uh, eight second mark into the clock or else they're going to be charged with an automatic strike, um, which is going to be interesting to see how that one goes. Uh, With runners on bases, the timer resets if the pitcher attempts a pickoff uh, or steps off the rubber. He's allowed to, uh, let's see here, two two pickoff moves on the third one. uh, If it's successful, all is fine. If it's not successful, an automatic walk. Uh, or excuse me, automatic base oh. to the guy that's on on base there. Mound visits, injury timeouts, and offensive team timeouts do not count as disengagements. And if a team has used up all five of its allotted mound visits prior to the ninth inning, that team will receive an additional mound visit in the ninth inning, which is intriguing. And umpires may provide extra time if warranted by special circumstances. All right, Angel Hernandez, what are we going to do this time? Um, So so (laughs) I like the idea generally.
2: Circumstances mean when they're over there checking out the dude's belt and stuff?
1: Sure, yeah, when they're fondling his hands or something like that. Um, (laughs) I, I like the idea of this, and I know they've done it in minor leagues, so they've got some practice with it and things like that. I just get worried that we're going to get into some weird stuff here with the the umpires, because you know these umpires these days and things like that. But, uh, Justin, let's start with you on the the pitch timer. What do you like about it? What do you dislike about it?
0: Uh, You know, anything that kind of speeds up the pace of play, generally I'm in favor for. I mean, I'm not a White Sox fan by any means, but I remember watching White Sox games and having Mark Burley pitch in, like, a a two-and-a-half-hour game was wonderful to watch. Like, as much as I love baseball – a quick two-hour 25,
2: 2.30. Two yeah, Greg Maddox was the same yes, way. Yes,
0: especially when – yeah, even when he made his second comeback with the Cubs. It was it was great. I loved it. So, in that regard, I think I'm in favor of it. Um, I think in a couple of years, you're probably – you know, the pitchers coming up through the systems now, it's not going to be as big of a deal because it's been kind of building in the minor leagues. They've been kind of working this in. So, I think five, six years, you might not even – this might not even be something that pitchers are worried about. Now, if I'm a pitcher – who is notorious for taking my time and slowing down the game, I'm pretty nervous. And especially when you work in some of these specifics of, well, you can only throw over to first this many times. And then, you know, if if you don't pick the guy off, well, then he's getting a base. That's the only spot where I feel like, oh, man, I could see some gamesmanship here where things could get messy really easily. Um, But just as a fan, like, I'm in favor of that, too, um, in terms of just speeding up the game a little bit, if it does. Now, the, the shift thing might... Completely counterbalance that I don't know So we'll see what happens but yeah I I say give it a shot I'm excited for it
1: Kev what's your thoughts on this
2: Well I don't know how many times I've watched a game where You're sitting there and the pitcher is Standing there facing the batter where it seems Like it's like three minutes (laughs) And you're like saying to the TV and I know I've done it you guys have probably done the same Thing throw the ball And so For that I think that's Going to be a good thing and I think they're going to start this in spring training, obviously. So I don't think it's going to take quite that long for these guys, even the, the ones that have been in the majors for a while now. They'll adjust to this. And so I think this is a very good thing that uh, – I forget his name, but uh, back in the – I guess it was the 70s. You had a guy was, his, his name was – his nickname was the Human Rain Delay. And he'd get into the box and step out, and he'd do his gloves and all this and that. And it would take him five minutes to bat. But we don't have anything like that going on anymore. A guy gets in the box, the pitcher throws it, he hits it, and we're you know off to the races. And so I think that's a very good thing. Uh, this thing about only being able to throw over to first twice. And then the third time, if you don't get them, it's an automatic base. That's where the stolen bases are going to go. They, they they possibly can't go anywhere but up, because you're going to have a guy. Let's say you throw over there two times, you could you could lead up, you know, go halfway to second base, practically, and not have to worry about getting thrown out. And so we're that's where you're going to see your stolen base guys like Trey Turner and guys like that. Their stolen bases are going to go up like. I don't like I said, I don't, we're not going to see any Ricky Henderson type stuff, but maybe we could see a guy steal 60. Maybe. And so, uh, that I think is a good thing. That's the kind of thing that pitchers are going to have to get used to because they're used to throwing over there and throwing over there and everybody's booing throughout the whole stadium. And so, uh, so you throw over there twice. Now, the, 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 you know, it's really on you to, you know, make sure you get the, the play and so cuz he could steal and now you got a gun second and the dude's still at the plate
1: so yeah in the minor leagues 2019 when they first implemented this pitch clock uh steal attempts were up 68% success rate was up 68% and 2022 it bumped up to 77% and steal success rates um and uh so you see that those kind of numbers go up there's we'll talk about this in a later segment but the fantasy value of steals guys is going to go up especially, especially
2: in in our league that's a points league and yeah. the stolen base is a point yeah and so that is gonna f- you're gonna have to really weigh that in to some of these guys that you're gonna be looking at and so if look at the uh, air judge right He had, what was it, 16 steals? I think it was. And so, if he's stealing 16 bases without this shift, who knows how many of these guys are going to be taken out there. And so, uh, stolen bases are something you're, and and the Cats leagues, which I don't really know as much about that, but uh, stolen bases is always, you know, the category that you have to fill because there aren't guys that are doing it. There's, you know. And so that's why I was reading that Trey Turner might be the number one pick in a Cats league. And that's about the only place I could see that. And uh, so, yeah, so stolen bases are going to be a major, major fantasy baseball consideration going forward. Yeah, your
1: category leagues, your steals and your saves are the two categories. Everybody's trying to find some somewhere. And uh, when you're going on the waiver wire and stuff like that, those are the categories you're looking for because all the other categories are taken. So you're looking for that guy. So,
2: you know, the hitters are pretty much doing the same thing. So you don't have to worry about that. So, but the steals and like you said, and the saves is something that, you know, you've played, you know, fantasy baseball with me. You know, my philosophy is I don't care about relief pitcher pretty much. Yeah. And so in the Cats League, you cannot have that attitude.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, I've learned Kevin doesn't care about anybody. He'll drop anybody. <laughs> he, he's not tied to anybody. I love it. That's where I got all my roster last he, year. He did. So guys, he just Kevin... follows
2: behind me, kind of like yeah. the guy that, you know, the Zamboni on the ice, and he just right. follows up and gathers everything up on the ice. That was
1: Ke- events a year Kevin ago. Kevin loses and... patience with the guy and drops him. I go pick him up and hold on to him until he picks things up three weeks later.
2: <laughs> That's right. You know, the, uh, the human... that Josh Hader is a guy that specifically yes. comes to mind because I yeah. was like, oh, to heck with this guy. And dropped them, and, and and Vince said, "Oh, I'm not going to pick him up." Then all of a sudden, one week later, he's on Vince's team. So I'm like, "Okay, right. I taking me to the championship." Game. Right here. So, so. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, the human rain delay. Mike Hargrove. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, looks like he was with the. Uh, he's with the Guardians now. Actually, he played for the Rangers and the Padres and the Indians, and uh, he was actually a batter though. He would go in and out yeah, of the. Yeah, uh, that's what
2: I'm saying. He was a batter, yeah. and he put his gloves on and. Yeah, step adjust, out, step, step in. Yeah, you know, his foot, you know, foot and stuff like that. And he was called the human rain delay. I remember that. I didn't remember his name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so there will be no more of that going on in the league. So – All here. right.
1: Let's talk about a rule that's not to the majors yet, but it's in AAA now, and that is the robot umpires. Uh, balls and strikes being called by robot umpires. And, uh, I, you know, I talked with a – San Francisco Giants utility player. This has been two years ago, I think now. And I asked him, hey, what do you think about the idea of, of the balls and strikes being called by a computer? And he said, honestly, it could save my career. And he said, the guys that are on the fringe, they get, they get, for lack of a better term, screwed, right. by, screwed by umpires. Um, if an umpire decides to call a, a, a ball a strike, he said, I get one opportunity. And if I don't do well, I get sent down. I may not ever get another opportunity again. As Kelby Tomlinson, again, spent some time with the Giants. And uh, and that's that kind of changed my mindset on this, where I said, you know what? I think it is a good thing. I like the idea of human error. But that being said, when you start to know the umpires' names, that's a problem. And we know a couple of them. So, Justin, yeah. uh, robot umpires, uh, how do you feel about them? How long do they get to the major league uh, level, and good or bad?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go yay on this one too, man. I feel like I'm such a progressive uh, MLB fan here by all these things. I'm okay with all of them. You know, I never would have thought that ten years ago. Um, yeah, I'm. I think you nailed it. You know, the more Angel Hernandez is that that you start to learn their names, mm-hmm. um, it it kind of makes me think. Yeah, I, okay. You know, let's, let's let's at least try it. Let's see yeah. what the technology is now. If the technology is awful, you're gonna find that out very quickly and you know, if you have to do a mea culpa and be like, all right, get rid of it. um, I I get it. But yeah, it, your, your, your mention of, of the, you know, the guy that's on the fringe trying to make it and not getting those calls. It reminds me of like, you know, in the NBA in the nineties, you know, Michael getting calls with, you know, maybe not necessarily traveling, but kind of traveling. It's kind of like, you're not getting the outside of the plate but the guy that's been pitching for 15 years well he's going to get the benefit of the doubt right and yep. whether or not that's right or wrong i could do a whole discussion on that too but if that's the case this kind of at least makes it a little bit more of an even playing field for everybody across the board um, i mean you still need you still need the human ump back there for plays at the plate and then you know i we've talked about it on our show too if you want to appease the the ml or i'm sorry not the mlb union but the the umpire union make it mandatory that you have a left field ump and a right field ump every game as opposed to just the players because then you're at least providing two more jobs for that union so Mm. i mean that that's kind of been my stance on it but i'm definitely willing to give it a shot i'd say i feel like we're on a we're on like a collision course it's coming at some point i i would say this decade it'll be here at some Mm. point this decade would be my best guess so
1: we're running out of time. We got to get to our rankings, but I want to cover the Cubs and me and Kev. Kev, okay, we'll talk about this another another day. We got plenty of plenty of plenty of days to talk about these rules, uh, but I do want to get to the Cubs. There's been a ton of, of great free agent signings throughout the year and different things. The Cubs looked like they were sellers. They were sellers. Got rid of they a lot were. of people, and then all of a sudden this year, Dansby Swanson, Trey Mancini, Cody Bellinger all come in. Uh, you know, and Cody Bellinger is one of those guys where just a couple of years ago was the MVP candidate. And now he was
2: the MVP. He was
1: MVP. It's right. And now it's like, okay, I mean, why not take a shot at him? Right. I love, and I hate the Cubs. (laughs) I love what the Cubs did this year, especially on that defensive slash offensive side of things. Uh, The pitchers. Okay. Whatever. Jameson, Taylor, whatever. But the bringing in Mancini, Swanson and Bellinger was a really good pick as I thought you've got to be excited. Right. As a Cubs fan.
0: I am genuinely probably the most excited I've been for spring training in like a good three or four seasons because after 2016 was, I mean, amazing. I don't need to relive all that, but, and then you just kind of saw this decline where, you know, these guys that everyone had brought up, everyone was excited for, they weren't really able to reach that standard again or, and none of them were all good at the same time. So last, uh, last season when they got rid of the core, it took some time to get used to, but like now I'm fine. I'm over it. Like the the X the break, the breakup has ended. I don't need to see the X's <laughs> anymore. I know people in Chicago were calling for Rizzo to come back. I'm like, nope, we made that break. We don't need to, yeah. you know, we don't need to have him come back. Um, I'm genuinely excited. I think Dansby... It's funny because when the first three shortstops came off the board, there was ready to be like pitchforks in uh, in, in <laughs> torches at Wrigley uh, coming for um, RGRGM who who no one uh, Carter Hawkins no one ever really realizes he's the GM everyone still thinks it's Jed Hoyer and, and then the Ricketts family and everything but um, and then they got Dansby and, and Dansby was pretty low on a lot of Chicago media in terms of like the, that fourth shortstop. But like you said, with the defensive side of taking him, putting him at short, moving Nico to second, which is Nico was incredible last year at shortstop, and then having Cody Bellinger play center, like if we're going to do the shifting and it's going to stick around, uh, defensively, that's exciting. Pitching, I think you nailed it. Tie-on is okay. You know, Hendricks, he was at the Cubs convention last month saying he was hoping to be ready by May. And then there was an article, I want to say it was either the Players' Tribune or the Athletic, and it's like he he might not make it back at all this season. Like it, It's a toss-up, so um, I think they're going to need more there. They do have some exciting, not quite prospect guys anymore, but they got some exciting guys that are ready to come up and take the lead. And ultimately, I'm just genuinely excited. Uh, I think it would have been great to see Jose Abreu at first instead of Eric Hosmer. but I mean... It, Eric Hosmer, if he plays yeah, like don't, he had don't been be playing. don't be putting a
2: whole lot of uh, ducats on Eric Hosmer. No, and,
0: and thankfully, he his contract is – I think he's league minimum right now for, with the, what the Cubs are paying him, I should say. If it doesn't work out, you just dump him. There's yeah. there's no reason. And then you got Trey Mancini right there, which I was re- I'm really a big fan of him uh, even when he was an Oriole. So, genuinely excitement. Um, now, talk to me come – mid-June if they're in like third in the division and the Brewers and Cardinals are above them then yeah. then I might you know the sky is falling but uh as of right now things are great so
1: yeah and Mancini's a guy I thought Milwaukee could get and mm-hmm. they didn't um and I, I like what Milwaukee did that's a whole nother conversation whole another day but the Cubs made some massive improvements very very quickly this year mm-hmm. and I think they're going to be back back in the conversation at the very least the uh, sure. Cardinals are really strong team Milwaukee should be a strong team yep Um, And the Cubs are now back in that conversation as well. Uh, Again, we're running short on time. we got to get to our fantasy stuff. Uh, But Justin, again, he's a host of Baseball and Whatever podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at BaseballAndWhat. And you can find uh, Justin on Twitter at JS underscore MC2. As if you're watching, you can see it there on the screen. Justin, tell us uh, quickly kind of about your show because it's definitely more than baseball
0: yeah yeah so uh it's me and my it was my two other brother-in-laws one of them's taking a little minute a mini sabbatical because he just had his third child so it's me and one of my brother-in-laws and uh we just love baseball we'd get together at family parties and be talking and it's like you know what should we you think people would listen to us and it's like no probably not but we'll try it anyway uh and then when it wasn't just our family and our wives you know pity listening um yeah. and thanks thanks to the awesome people at belly up to kind of help spread it uh kind of caught on but you know we do baseball mostly chicago sports and then the second half we do pop culture and and rankings and things like that just because we know chicago sports can be really depressing like it is right now uh (laughs) i can't even go into all the reasons there's not enough time to talk about why (laughs) chicago sports are depressing so we always joke even if you hate sports or you're you don't want to hear about chicago we don't need uh, to do that right now no you got the second half you know we'll talk movies tv um video games uh athletes we grew up with you know uh, the glory days of our youth and stuff like that so if that sounds interesting uh yeah check it out
1: baseball and whatever podcast found wherever you get your podcasts as well justin this has been a blast we're gonna check in with you we're gonna check in with you as the season goes on especially if uh the brewers are beating the cubs we'll definitely check back in with you
2: or i don't know if if you you saw this i'm sure you did that the very first series of the season yep yeah oh yeah brewers cubs
0: it's on my calendar
2: and so, whatever
1: team Kevin's cheering not, for this no, week, we never yet. know. It's when Dodgers, game... Mariners, Rangers. We never know who Kevin's cheering for. But no, I'm just kidding. He's he's a he's a Dodgers fan. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll check we'll check back in. Justin, hey man, thanks for spending some time with us. Really do appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. All
0: right, thanks guys. Take it easy. i yeah, will see right. you.
1: All right, all right, Kev. Let's get into our last segment of the day. Yep.
0: We've all been right. waiting
1: for it. It's the fantasy focus segment. Fantasy Focus is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. Not just fantasy baseball, fantasy football, fantasy hockey, fantasy basketball. It's all there. Articles, advice, opinions, all sitting there for you. BellyUpFantasySports.com. Make sure you check them out. You can get them on social media as well at Fantasy. All right, Kev, uh, we're going to get right into rankings uh, right off the it. bat. Now, next week, we'll not have a show next week because there's some event going there's on there's in some Arizona.
2: Event. Some kind of sporting event, I guess. And
1: Yeah. A something, you know, few happened.
2: people are going to tune into it. So, sure, you know.
1: sure, sure. And we don't have the commercials to compete with it. So, uh, That's so,
2: right. <laughs>
1: so we're, we will not have a show next week, but we'll get right back into it the following week with, with more guests. Another guest uh, with more rankings and everything like that as well. But today we're talking catchers, top 10 catchers. And this is an interesting uh, position uh, because I feel like the top is so good. And then there's a fairly big drop off pretty quick here. So we're going to start with Kevin's. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Kevin's rankings. So I'm going to read through them real quick, Kevin. Then we'll talk about them. So Kevin's got JT Ramudo number one. Dalton Varshow, number two. Will Smith, third. Richmond, fourth, Salvador Perez, number five, Alejandro Kirk, number six, Wilson Contreras made the move to St. Louis, number seven, Sean Murphy made the move to Atlanta, number eight, MJ Melendez, who we'll spend plenty of time talking about this year, and then William Contreras, the brother of Wilson, in Milwaukee this year at number 10. So it seems like last year, everybody tried to talk me out of Real Muto, and I ended up with him in two leagues, and I absolutely was ecstatic that I did.
2: Yeah, you had to have been. Yeah. Because I was rather surprised, Vince, when I was looking. Because each year you think that Real Muto is going to, you know, start the the Decline, decline. yeah. Right? 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 But it didn't happen last year. didn't happen at all. And so when you look at his numbers, and the thing that really stands out, and we're talking about stolen bases a minute ago, he had 21 steals. Yeah. A year ago. And so he had he's got home runs. He had 22. He has 84 RBIs. What else more could you possibly want from your catcher? And so and this is the key, though. He played 139 games. Hmm. And so when you're talking about the catching position, if you get your catcher in there in your lineup three, four days a week, that's all about the more you can expect. Yeah. Out of most catchers. So 139 games. That means he missed only, what, 22, 23 games. So he's a guy that you could put in your lineup and he'll be there Yeah, just about every, every day. So far and away to me, real Muto is number one.
1: Yeah. And then your number two guy has that potential. We just got to see it first, right? Dalton Varshow. He's, right. He got yeah. traded to Toronto. Which, um, you got two. Two Blue Jays on your list.
2: Yeah. And so I felt like I was telling you just before we went on air, I feel kind of like I'm cheating. Yeah. Because (laughs) Dalton Barstow may not even get a game behind the plate this year, not a single game. And so he will not have catcher eligibility next year, but we're not worried about that at all. Right. But he does have it this year. And he's in a much better hitting lineup than he was with Arizona. And so even though, and he's left handed, okay. And we just talked about that a little bit ago. He played 151 games, hmm. so he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be in the outfield and in DH for the Blue Jays. So he's the guy that last year was a terrific value. I had him on one of my fantasy teams, and he's not going to be nearly as good of. A, he's going to be, you know, a great catch and you know, give you the stats and everything, but he's not going to yeah. be a value like he was a year ago. You're going to have to spend some capital to get him. And so, but Toronto, left-handed batter, and all these guys are right-handed pretty much for Toronto. That's going to slot right in for him. So I think that we're going to see some great things out of Varsho this year, and you can take advantage of that as a catcher. And let let me be, you know, the guilty one. You just go ahead and do it. And, and don't even worry about gone. it one iota. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll carry the guilty flag for everybody right here.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, let's get down to number six, Alejandro Kirk. Again, another Toronto guy. He'll probably get right. more time at catcher than Varsho. Uh, a Absolutely. lot more time at catcher. Right. Um, he's
2: another guy, 139 games, just like yeah. Real Muto. So yeah. he's going to be in the lineup. And so when you look at this, uh, he had a 372 on base percentage, which is excellent. And uh, not quite the home run hitter. Some of these other guys that we talked about are. But uh, he's a guy that you can get lower in the draft and feel pretty good about
1: it. I mean, Will Smith with the Dodgers has been relatively consistent. Um, You've got him there at number three. I actually have him at number four. Uh, yeah. But uh, same area, same slot and everything like that for the most part. Um, and then Adley Rutschman, he's the new guy, right? He came in uh, last
2: year. Yep. I was late to the party on him a year ago. And, uh, but when he came up to the major leagues and, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, he came up and he had 13 home runs. He scored 70, had 101 hits and 113 games. Hmm. So he started off a little slow, but then once he started hitting that ball, he was in the lineup every day. I expect him to be in the lineup. And if he's not, he'll be at the DH slot. So he'll be in the lineup quite a bit. So, Adley Rushman is a guy that you can be pretty excited about.
1: The biggest difference in our rankings is Salvador Perez. You've got him at five. I have him at ten. Um, okay. Perez. What worries me about him is age. Uh, does is, that concern it, you it at is all? A
2: factor, no question. Yeah. And so, because uh, he is thirty-two, which you know behind the plate might be thirty-eight. Right? Sure. So, yeah. but um, when you look at this, all right. If you can get something, because the year before he played 161 games, he missed one game all year because he also played DH. And so don't expect any more 48 home runs, 121 RBIs out of him. But it's not out of the realm of possibility to get 30 home runs from him. And so that's why I have him at number five. I think he's going to be in the lineup uh, or at DH just about every day. And so they might rest him a little bit because they've got Melendez later down on my list. But uh, I think that I would not expend the capital at the place where you'd have to probably do it to get him. But if you're looking for a catcher and maybe he falls a little bit in the draft because people are concerned about his health, if that happens, go ahead and get him.
1: He is, let's see here, Uh, Fantasy Pros has him as the number four catcher. Uh, there's a few different people that have them. Most of them have them around that five or six range. Um, well, he's at number four in a couple of different spots too. So he's going to be in that middle catcher range of top 10 stuff. Um, he just, I don't know. He scares me. His age scares me a lot. Of course, real Muto is old too. He's 32 also, but he just looks different. He plays different. He does I guess look
2: different. Right. Yeah. And he has not had the injury history. Right. Well, of course, and he's not in Kansas. You can <laughs> make the argument. Perez didn't have any injury history either till last year, but.
1: Yeah, Uh, but you're also talking about any injury history, none. The lineup in Philadelphia is a lot tougher than the lineup in KC.
2: Yeah, you got that right. So, you know, you're hitting around all these mashers over there in Philadelphia. So you're going to put some stats together. But like I said, you're going to have to spend maybe a third-round pick on him to get him. And I don't think I'm willing to drop that much of a capital on a catcher. No way. Um, the Contreras brothers.
1: I love the move for Wilson Contreras to St. Louis. I think that's a huge boost for him. I actually have him number five on my list. Um, and then William Contreras in Milwaukee. Catchers have done really well in Milwaukee, and I am a Milwaukee homer. There's no doubt about that. I have high hopes for William Contreras. Looking at what was done the last couple of years, Omar Narvaez had some really good years in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, so there's absolutely there's Plus opportunity only 25. There. Yes. Yeah.
2: So you talk about a guy who has all kinds of potential mm-hmm. and has already made an all-star team. The dude's 25 years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, young guys we like. MJ Melendez. Both of us yeah. are in on him. Absolutely. I've got him slightly higher. I've got him at seven on my list. you got him at nine. I could, but you you told could argue me could you you into him. that
2: seventh slot. You really sure. could. Yeah. And he, he's my favorite catcher. I had him in our league. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, you're not going to get him off the free you know, off the waiver wire Ain't happening right. this year. That's right. where I got him a year <laughs> ago. And, um, but he came up and cause you know, Perez was hurt. But yeah. then when Perez came back to the team, then Melinda just went, you know, he played in the outfield, he played at DH. And so, uh, he's 24 mm-hmm. and, um, you don't have to worry about him ruining his knees because he's not going to catch many games back there. He'll probably still carry that catcher eligibility. He'll have enough games for next yeah. year. But uh, yeah. like I said, we're not worried about that at all at this point. But he is 24, and um, he batted leadoff. Now, How many catchers do you know that <laughs> leadoff? Okay, 64 times. He has a 12.4 percent baseball, you know, a uh, uh, walk rate. OK, uh-huh. which when you're talking about a rookie, which he was a year ago, that is phenomenal. And, yeah. you know, you got guys that, that strike out 38 percent of the time now and stuff like that. They have a guy. and they still put him in the leadoff. That's, a, you know, something we could discuss <laughs> one day. Why are you putting a guy that strikes out three times a game in your <laughs> leadoff spot? But, uh, yeah, you don't have that worry with Melendez. He'll Definitely. get you on base, and so – and and Kansas City's lineup is not as good as Philly, but it's they, – they've got some quality bats, yep. and young bats. yeah. And I won't try and pronounce Vinny, whatever that guy's name is, the first <laughs> baseman. I yep. won't I won't mash up his name, all right, but they got Witt over there as well. So they've got a decent hitting line, and Perez. And so he's got some opportunities if he bats lead off yeah. more times this year.
1: I'm glad you said that. I forgot I was going to mention this at the beginning of the show. Uh to go ahead and apologize up front. At some point throughout this year, I'm going to mispronounce several people's names. Right. Uh, like, I, do names. Yet, right? I do more reading of names,
2: I do more reading of names than <laughs>
1: listening to names, so I'm going to mispronounce <laughs> names and you're going to say this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I promise I'm reading it, not not hearing it, so that makes it harder. I will mispronounce names. Just yeah. bear with me and forgive yeah. me.
2: Yeah, so that that, that that that's like I said, Vinny uh it starts with a P. All right. That's as yes. Far as pes- I'm gonna go with pesca,
1: Pesca, Pesquantino, I think. Okay. Something like that. All
2: right. I'll buy it. 100%. <laughs> I'll
1: buy it. Uh, we both have the guy at number eight, Sean Murphy. Anytime you get out of Oakland, uh, you're going to have a better year. He's in Atlanta yeah. now. He's a yeah. good catcher. Um, yeah, and Murphy
2: is the guy that you could have got off the waiver wire a year ago. It's not happening yeah. this year either.
1: He's a guy that came on and off my roster in different leagues Me last too. year. Me too. Because I needed a catcher at some point.
2: And I think he's going to be a solid top 10 catcher this year. And, you know, you know, Vince, we need to mention this because I was reading while I was doing my, my you know, research on this subject. And there are certain guys who were saying, well, I'm, I'm not going to have a catcher on my team so I can address other, other positions. That is cheating. That, 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 why are you playing fantasy baseball? Why? Yeah. If you're going to do that, and just so the guys that are in our league know that they were in there last year they already know this that is not an option. You yeah. will have a catcher on your roster yeah. at least one and that's all I carry is one. It's silly but, to not have why would you have great. an empty spot? And, and and catcher is one of the more vital positions in baseball yeah. and sit there and say well we're going to we're going to take the catcher off of fantasy baseball. It's like we're not going to have a tight end. That's just silly. Yeah, we're not having that in this league. You're not serious about fantasy baseball. And you can send all the negative hate mail to me if you want to. There you see my hitter, my Twitter handle right there. Send it to me. okay? I can handle it. That is not the way you play fantasy baseball. There will be a catcher on a team. And so just,
1: yeah, do it. You'd be silly not to. Now, our rankings, Kevin, we have the same 10 guys. I have a slightly different order than you. I've got Real Muto, one also. Then I've got Richmond, number two, from Baltimore. By the way, we're going to talk a lot about Baltimore throughout the season. They've got some really interesting guys this year that it should sure have value. Uh, Dalton Varsho, I've got a three. Will Smith, four. Wilson Contreras, five. That's where my cutoff is. Those five guys. If I get one of those five, I'm going to be pretty happy at the end of the day. Um, then he got Alejandro Kirk, M.J. Melendez, Sean Murphy, Wilson. Excuse me, William Contreras from Milwaukee, and then Salvador Perez. I couldn't keep Perez out of the top ten, but I'm afraid of him this year. <laughs> I'm not going to draft Salvador Perez. I'll tell you that right now. Now, okay. I, I guess if he drops really, really low, then maybe I would. I'm going to stay away from Salvador Perez this year, but I could not, I could not talk myself into not having him in the top ten in my rankings. Everything lines up for him too. The guy that I wanted to put there that I'm not going I didn't put there is the guy that I have as my sleeper, Kevin, and okay. that is Tyler Stevenson from Cincinnati.
2: Okay, um, I, I sat there and I, I juggled him, yeah, and I was thinking about him, and I was like, well, because he certainly has the capability of yeah. doing that, and uh, but he's going to have to show me after his injury-filled season a year ago, yeah. that he because he's a big, strong guy. Yeah, And he's a guy that's, you know, thankfully now, well, you know, I'm a baseball purist and I'm actually saying, thankfully the DH is in baseball in the national yes. league. You yes. could have shot me full of holes before I would say that, you know, even, a, even a couple of years ago, but in fantasy baseball, that really helps you out because then you got a guy that could slide over to DH and be in your lineup. And so Stevenson is a guy that I could really get behind. And so and he's got um
1: well right now on ESPN he's only listed as a catcher. Um he only had,
2: listed as a catcher, okay. At so the the moment. That, that, that'll that hurts change his value a lot.
1: That'll change though. He'll pick up that DH spot. Um I think last year he was first base eligible also. Um I, but, that
2: surprises me, Vince, because I thought yeah. he he played at first, maybe because he was hurt and maybe he didn't get enough bats over there.
1: Yeah, but he'll he should pick up another spot at some point this season. If he um, does,
2: then, then his value goes forward a lot. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at wait and see. That's my attitude. I got him written right here, Tyler <laughs> Stevenson.
1: There you go. Who's your sleeper this year from the catcher? My position?
2: sleeper, and this is another guy that I was late to the party on, and I haven't heard you mention him even a little bit. That's uh, Cal Raleigh. Yeah. Of the seattle mariners Okay. Yeah. my you know i've been to seattle mariners games and they've got had a team that was exciting last year but they had a catcher right who yeah. hit 27 home runs <laughs> i was really surprised i don't know where this guy was on the radar apparently nowhere and right. but he had 27 <laughs> home runs he had 20 63 rbis but and this is where it could get interesting cuz he only had a 2.26 batting average on balls in play. Mm. That is remarkably low. That has to go up. Yeah. have to. And if it does do that, then cuz he only hit 211. So any if raise that to 280, mm-hmm. all right, and then so his batting average is going to come up and I'm not going to say he's going to hit 30 home runs, but it's certainly a possibility. And so he's a guy that you could get way later in the draft. And so I'm, I'm going to have my eyes open for him. Yeah. Um, if you decide it, to wait, right.
1: If you decide to wait on catcher and somebody fill all my other positions first, he's probably a guy you get there towards the end of the draft.
2: That's right. And he had a two sixty seven uh, batting average and balls and play in the year before. So it's, it, it, it can be done by him. And so he's a guy that, uh, and I was looking at this, and I was like, "Wow!" So I missed out on Rushman to you <laughs> last year, and then Raleigh is a guy that we never discussed even a second—not once last year, not yeah. once—and he hit twenty-seven home runs. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. See what see what comes up for him. How about Bus this year? Who's Russ? your bust?
2: Well, I feel you know I'm kind of guilty again because <laughs> he was a Bus last year. And I'm talking about Yasmani Grandal. Oh, yeah. And so there is zero reason to have him on any fantasy roster, (laughs) all right? And so the dude you were talking about age, he's 34, all right? Yeah. He's uh, played in 99 and 97 games the last two years, and he hit 199 a year ago. If that's not bust written all over him, I don't know what does say that. And so I know, you know, we could ask our, 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 well, he's a Cubs guy, but, uh, yeah. Um, he is a guy, I want nothing to do with him whatsoever. I'll have a guy who, that, you know, plays two times a week before I'd have that guy in my roster.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, um, not much there. My bus this year, I, first of all, I'll say Salvador Perez is a guy that I kind of put in that category as even if he's number 10, that drops him down a lot further than what he was, but I'm going to go Keybert Ruiz with Washington. He's a kid who has that name okay. that people think he's the he guy. Has I was the looking potential. at. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I but was, I, I was scared. Just what you're saying, I'm scared yeah. off of him as well.
1: Yeah, Keybert Ruiz is the guy that I put in my bust uh, as a catcher this year. And if I'm wrong, I'll own it. But I'm okay. not. I'll be right there with interrupt.
2: you. Own it. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I don't mind. As long as I'm not wrong all the time. I don't mind a then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kevin, listen, we got a great year lined up. Uh, we we're going to have man. player rankings the rest of the way out through uh, till we get to our draft. We're going to do a uh, – we have a fantasy league. It's a points league, head-to-head points league. So anytime we're doing rankings, by the way, that's what we're ranking them off of is points leagues. Um, just so people are aware of that. There could right. be some slight variations.
2: It's head-to-head. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk, why are you in a points league and blah, 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 it's why great. are you head to head? And, you know, and, and, and I think for me that if you play points, that allows you to build your team your way. Yeah. If you're a guy that, 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 that values pitching, you build your team that way. If you're a guy that, ba- you know, values hitters, you know, stolen bases, whatever it might be, you are building your team that way. So not every team is the same, and yeah. teams are going head-to-head every week. So you kind of get an idea of, you know, which teams are, well, I don't want to emulate that guy, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of thing. <laughs> and so that's why I'm in a points head-to-head league, because Cats Leagues, every team's the same. Sure. Right? Yeah. You've you got to fill the boxes just like everybody else. Yeah. And so, so every team is the same. What's what's the fun in that? Sure. So me and Kevin,
1: we, we co-manage the uh, the league that we'll be talking about throughout this season. That's, That's right. Had had so, points. Yeah, I do a categories league on a keeper league that I manage, um, and I've been doing that now for, you got to look back, eight years maybe, something like that, going on for a while now. Um, and so last year's the first year I did a points league, and I loved it. I thought it was I enjoyed so it a
2: lot. And I heard uh, yeah. so many people talk negatively. About points leagues and, yeah. oh, it's more fun doing it this way and more, but whatever. Points is the way to go to me. Because, like you it. know, yeah. So, yeah, that gives you a pretty solid idea about how your own team is doing, sure. let alone somebody else's team. Yeah. And so, and, you know, and as you mentioned, I'm a guy that turns the bottom of my roster, you know, rather aggress- more aggressively than any other guy. Yeah, know that yeah, in know. our league, that's me. All right. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. Um, so again, we're not going to do a show next week because of the Super Bowl. Uh, the following, we'll come back. We're going to be breaking down uh, corner infield. So we'll do first base and third base uh, rankings on that episode. We'll bring you these rankings every single week that we're doing a show. But when we get to our draft for our league, we're gonna. Me and Kevin will be live during the draft, doing the draft. And we're gonna bring on guys from the league throughout the throughout the draft to talk about kind of their mindset behind drafting and things like that as well. so that'll be after we're done That's with all the always
2: interesting it and, is uh you know when we find out who who's gonna take uh Shane Bieber this yeah.
1: year on <laughs> the first round pick number yeah. three
2: I'm, pr- um, I'm pretty relatively safe in saying that probably not gonna happen this year,
1: yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've turned over, just like Kevin turns over his roster, we turned over our fantasy league uh, this year. We've, we're have we adding four new faces to the fantasy league this year. Um, we got rid of the Marlins fan who drafted all Marlins guys, and we, we, we did we did some movement on it. But uh, okay. but we'll have that, and we'll keep you up to date on our league throughout the year. Um, we'll give you ads and drops throughout the season as well. That's right.
2: And, uh, and- so you can expect there will be an article from me every single week during the season um fantasy baseball you, know, you, you you could just go ahead and check that off on your to-do calendar that'll be happening and so uh I'm jazzed up about it you know baseball is my thing you know I write ba- you know football you know and all that other stuff and but baseball is my first love and you know we could talk about how boring it is or whatever else but it is my game
1: i watch I am I watch a lot of football, but I watch a lot of baseball, too, and I'm with you on that. You can always find Kevin's articles at bellyupfantasysports.com, and, again, he puts them out every single week uh, as we get into our season especially, and uh, I'm planning on getting my catcher rankings up. uh, Hopefully tomorrow we'll see. I'm in the middle of basketball season coaching high school basketball, so we'll see if I got the time to do that. But we're going to work on getting some of that stuff up as well. But all season long you're going to find – Fantasy baseball articles, not just for me and Kevin. We got other staff writers as well at bellyupfantasysports.com. Right. We'll there try to get those guys on the do
2: show. That you can look forward to. Yeah. Um. Maybe you remember his name, the one that has talked about uh, Tyler Molly,
1: if I'm pronouncing it yeah, um, Oh, no. That's- I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <If I'm laughs> I got to look up his name. He's new. He's brand new. Um, yeah, he's
2: brand, that's his first article that yeah. has ever been produced in Belly Up Fantasy Sports. And uh, he decided to write about Tyler Molly, so that's an interesting selection. And so you know he's going to be bringing some interesting factoids to light if that's his yeah. first article.
1: Ian Limersol, uh, apologize okay. Ian for forgetting yeah, your I
2: apologize name. apologize to you, Ian. That uh, <laughs> I blanked on your name right there. Relatively positive that won't happen because that first article, you mean business, so.
1: Yeah, lots of good stuff from there. Kevin, you can always find him on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. So it's Kevin Wilson and the Seattle there at the end. (laughs) Kevin62WILSEA. Uh, We'll talk about your Broncos. uh, Well, you're not a Broncos fan, but uh, your Russell Wilson uh, takes another day as well. Um, But uh, Kevin's going to be on with us ideally every episode. There may be one or two where he can't make it because of work or whatnot. But uh, Kevin's going to be with that us is pretty much plan
2: at this point in time.
1: Yeah. And we'll have another guest, a third guest on every week as well. And we'll have some national guys. We'll have some belly up fantasy guys, uh, some other podcast hosts and things like that along the way. But this season we're presented by belly up fantasy. So go visit bellyupfantasysports.com. And That's we're right. also partnered with righteous felon jerky. And I had some righteous felon jerky the other day. I had two different flavors. Plus some of the beef sticks Loved the beef sticks, by the way. But you go to RighteousFelon.com, use the code belly up. You're going to get tw- uh, 15%, excuse me, off your purchase. There, RighteousFelon.com. Use that code belly up. 15% off your purchase. And it really is a great texture jerky. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, so looking forward. I still have to try some other flavors. Hello, righteous felon. Uh, but oh yeah, um, so, yeah. So <laughs> you know,
2: you know, if you want to send some stuff over to us, don't be shy yeah. about it. Yeah. Just know that uh, me and uh, I can't do the the, the spicy, put me in the ground kind of thing.
0: (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> uh, have, have you missed ladder, any
2: So me and Spicy yeah. do not go doesn't work. That, doesn't that, work. That, yeah, that does not work.
1: Man, so. we're ending on a high note, Kev. That's uh, right I know. <laughs> that's
2: all you're gonna get this year. That's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh listen, if you miss any part of the live show, you can go back and listen. Uh, wherever podcasts are found. Just look up the sports stove podcast, it'll be within those episodes. I do host the sports stove podcast, which comes out every Wednesday night live. Me and my dad talking sports. I host the Sports Stove Local Hour, which covers Eastern Kentucky University sports. And then we've got the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show now under that umbrella as well. Every Sunday night live, 8 o'clock. And then available again, the audio version will be available wherever you get your podcast as well. Right. We're yeah, live man. on YouTube, Sports Stove YouTube, and Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook page is where we're Wait, live uh, at. Have,
2: I'm, on, of course, on the, uh, the Belly Up Fantasy Live football right. Sunday preview is at uh, 10 o'clock Central. So uh, I know that Eastern time is where time began or whatever, but uh, <laughs> it's every Sunday. And then I'm part of the uh, belly up uh, Sunday Super Bowl Super Show next mm-hmm. week. So those are two shows I look forward to next week. One's at 11 Eastern, and I believe that the uh, Super Show is at 3 Eastern, 2 Central my time, Something you know, somewhere in there. But uh, so next Sunday – Super Bowl, you definitely want to join, you know, check us out and, and check out the super show and and, and TSS fantasy is gonna have something going on that Sunday morning. So it's wall-to-wall football. So <laughs> tell your eyes bleed. So
1: and then after that's done, after that, it's all baseball
2: can it's stage left.
1: That's get right. Off the
2: stage, get off. <laughs> Brett Favre, you know, and all of, you know what he's had going down on Mississippi, and then you got your Aaron Rodgers <laughs> oh and, this, and all that. <laughs> At the stage left, get off. Baseball, here we go. Here
1: we go. Here we go. Baseball is upon us. Spring training games start at the end of this <laughs> month. Uh Fantasy drafts are in full force right now as well. So we've got lot right. to talk
2: about. Pitchers and catchers reporting once at three weeks.
1: I think weeks. so. Uh, maybe faster than that. Yeah, because the first spring training game is the twenty fourth. So might be to report pretty early.
2: Wow. Well, yeah, we need, to we need to definitely get involved.
1: Yeah. Yeah, lots of things going on, and like Kevin said, you don't need any other source. We are your source for fantasy baseball, and we'll take you all the way through. That's right.
2: All the way through. So whatever your concern is right here, it's handled.
1: It's handled. He's Kevin Wilson. I'm Vince Stover. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. All right.